right, thank you for joining us. Uh, as always, I'm Josh Schwarza. I'm your Vice President of Courageous Warrior Ministries. Uh, today, I am joined by our Director of Community Outreach, Brandon Baca. Hey, everybody. And our Content Director, Aaron Hartman. Hey, guys. So, uh, today, you know, we're, we're taking another break from our Lust series. And we're going to talk about something I think it's very important to talk about, because I think it's something that we struggle with, just about every believer struggles with. But it's one of those things where we don't really want to talk about because we don't want to admit that we're struggling. So today, we're going to talk about who are we in Christ and understanding his calling with us. Amen. This is one of my favorite subjects to talk about. So I'm, I'm extremely excited to be here tonight. Um, so many guys, they just they find themselves just kind of struggling with this. Uh, you know, they know who they are in their jobs. They know who they are in their families by title that's given to them and things along those lines. But we sell ourselves short on who we are and, you know, who God's called us to be and, and who we're supposed to be with God, you know? Yeah, you know, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself when I say this, you know. A lot of that is because when we look at our past, you know, we don't feel worthy. Absolutely. Which, you know, that, that I'm just going to go ahead and say that usually when we do these podcasts, uh, I usually have a huge outline written out for us. Uh, today, I don't have that. I got a few points, and then we're just going to, we're going to mainly go off of what our personal experience is. But first, before we really get into this, you know, I, I think it's important, and you guys can, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, to under, really understand our worth in Christ, first thing we got to do is we got to understand that we don't deserve the grace and the mercy. You know, Romans 3.23, you know, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know, and I, I think understanding that we aren't worthy finally can lead us to understanding what our true worth is. I, I think I have a consensus agreement on that. So, Absolutely. yes, yeah. Oftentimes, you you have to come to the consensus that you're you've of where to begin before you can actually keep going and make it the right step forward. And so, if you have the the knowledge that you know you are, yes, you are a sinner, but it's where you go from there. It's not just the fact that you're you you are you have fallen short of the glory. It's where you can go from here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's neat is, uh, along with our, our friend Will, um, we've been going through Romans. Um, we've both been kind of slacking on, on our original plan, but we've been going through Romans. So I love that Josh has pulled up scripture out of there because, uh, to be honest, that's just one of those areas where if if you need a refresher, if you need a recharge in who you are in Christ, Romans is a great book to go to because it describes what a godly person is supposed to be. So uh, for me, it's, it is my go-to um, book in the Bible to just continue to go there. Plus, I do a lot of outreach and stuff to where, you know, it's good to know this stuff to be able to explain it to newer Christians and things along mm -hmm. those lines also. So Yeah, uh, it's like I was saying, uh, I've put in what outline I do have, you know. When we understand that to start with, we're not worthy, we don't deserve God's grace and mercy, you know, we also got to understand that we get to that point because that unworthiness is removed. You know, we look at, uh, you know, Romans 3.23 where it says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But we need to continue reading through the, the next few verses really to understand this whole section of scripture. You know, so we look at Romans 3.24 through 26, uh, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, whom God set forth as a, Propetition by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier is the one who has faith in Jesus Christ. 
So uh, I'm, I'm just going to ask you guys, how do you guys interpret that? That is very deep. Thank you, Josh, for throwing me off on that one. Hey, you know, I told you I was going to come for personal experience on this one. I told you that. I warned you before we started recording. No, what what I got to go to is is something you talked about from last week also that really stood out to me was we got to know where we're running from. Aaron just just said it, and I mean, you couldn't have said it better, is we got to know what we're running from, what we've come from understand who we are so many people think that hey since i'm a new creation that you know my old past doesn't doesn't abide to anything it doesn't amount to anything um but and and that is that is true to a point don't give you know hear my heart on this is my past does not define who i am now but it is a reason why i am the way i am and god can use those reasons to do this um one area that i really I, i always focus on is you know back in my parting days I can make a phone call at noon and have a house full of 200 people, you know, getting drunk and whatever else, um, a lot worse stuff than that at times. But, um, and now I look at it that, you know, I am, I start talking to people. I use the gifts that God's given me. I, I always tell everybody the gift of gab. Um, I use those gifts to, to further the kingdom. And I see how God's still using those gifts that he's given me to be able to, you know, fill a park with 200 people talking about God now. You know, um, it's... Uh, that, that was an amazing experience to be part of. So uh, I, I want to thank you for allowing yeah, me to be part of that. The, the Feed the Multitudes event. Guys, you know, just a, just a small little plug on Brandon here. Uh, he's part of another ministry called Feed the Multitudes. You know, it's an event where they... Oh, and so is Aaron. You know... He goes out and he'll get food together to give to people who need the food. Uh, he'll get resources from the community to hand out so that way people know what's out there to help them and they're, when they're down in their situation. You know, what he's done with that is amazing. So just a just a small little plug. You know, I don't know if he's got a Facebook page or anything on the internet about feed the multitudes, but try yeah, to find we have it. a face we have a Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, look up feed the multitudes, guys. It's a it's a great great ministry. Josh, thank you very much. Um, you know, I try and stay humble about that because it's definitely not something that just one person can do. Um, you know, I really, I can't give enough credit to Aaron and a lot of other people that have made this possible. Um, a lot of different churches come together with their leadership as well. And But but you are right, though. It takes somebody that can, that can keep that going and that has a heart to do that, to, to see people gather together and, and not worry about denominational walls or, or race or this or that, age, any of this other stuff that, that so many churches nowadays are, are using to keep that division, you know? So with that said, um, before I go too far on that rabbit trail, is is I look at Welcome this... Welcome to the Courageous Word Ministry right. Podcast, where we like to go off on tangents. <laughs> with so many hunters in our group, you would think we wouldn't go down too many rabbit trails with this. Um, but I do got to... I mean, with what Romans is saying there, though, is that you do got to... You got to... In the old you, you got... But you can still use a lot of the talents, but you got to use it for the right reasons and watch God just blossom in your life throughout those things. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, and oftentimes what you got to understand is the things that you that drive you the most is oftentimes the thing that God has placed inside of you to be your calling. Well, so if you, sorry, if you 
go to the point where like something's irking you about society, that's oftentimes there for the point of you to fix yourself. You have the calling, you have the want, you have the things that you need to want to do that yourself. It's all a matter of you just choosing to do it and stepping up in, into that calling. Absolutely. I look at, I look at your life, Aaron. I've known you for a lot of years now. Um, and I look at like both of us come out of addiction. You know, and, and we have a heart for those that have gone through it. Um, Josh, I know you've had your own demons that you've had to face and everything, but I know this specifically with addiction, you almost have an empathy. Empathy, is that the right word? Yes. Yeah? Okay. You almost have an empathy for people that are struggling with those addictions. Josh, you have, you have that, same, that same passion for veterans and things along those lines with the different ministries that you're involved in, you know, to be able to help people in those situations because you've gone through them. Is, is, am I wrong on that, Aaron? I mean, is that what you're saying there? Yeah. And it, it goes also to different points as well. So, like, for me, I have a real big heart to teach people or uh, see that light in people's eyes whenever they learn something. That's something that's really deep on the inside of me. And I keep trying to find different places to plug myself into where I have those teaching moments. That's something that I feel that I'm deeply called to is to teach people to, to do things with their hands or to, to like create things or craft things. That's something that's on the inside of me that I always feel that I've been called, you know, specifically recently called to, and, you know, find a way to, to reach into a place that's typically not very Christian, to be totally honest. And that's something that's just, like I said, that's just something that I feel driven for. And that's, you know, the Lord called it out of me one day. And it's just like, that's the calling that I've been, that you've been searching for. And you're talking the artistic world out there, basically. I mean, I know when you're yeah. going through college, that was a really hard subject to really break into and, and shine got into was, was into the college artistic scene and I've seen you do it over and over again where where you've taken your your talents and stuff like that and put God into every little bit of it I personally have a painting hanging in my my house with with uh, some of Aaron's work and and like I said just to be able to put those little things in those areas you know yeah and you know as we're talking about the subject you know we understand that, you know, we don't deserve God's grace and mercy. We understand that he removes us unworthiness. You know, he places the callings in our lives. You know, after we get, after we accept Christ, I'm going to kind of move us along from what we're talking about. You know, a lot of times, even after we've gotten to the point where we've accepted him, we still don't fully understand it. We still don't feel, feel worthy about this calling. Uh, and I'm just going to ask you personally, Brandon, when you first became a Christian, uh, how did that work out for you when you were still feeling God's pull on your life, you know? As far as, you know, when we're talking about worth, you know, where were you on that when you first became a Christian? When I first became a Christian um, and really see, started seeing God in my life, I was 24 years old. Um, so I'm still a baby Christian in a lot of senses, but um, <clears throat> I think once God got a hold of me, it really did kind of change my life for the better. Um Without a doubt. But I was, you know, running the streets, um, you know, hanging around with gangs, drugs, alcohol, um, selling a lot of it, partying all the time, um, you know, and that was my worth. You know, I, I, it was it was everything to me. You know, it, I had this pauper mentality that I'd never be anything bigger or better. And um, but when I met my wife and, and she asked me to go to church for the first time. I met her and then we got married, but she asked me to go to church with her and really you didn't get married first. <laughs> and, uh, 
it was one of those deals that I walked into a church and for the first time I felt love. For the first time, I felt like I was a part of something. You know, and Josh, I listened to the, the podcast from last, last week. And, uh, and one thing that really said like, strongly in me is that God gave you his love. It wasn't your wife's love. Is is love? I mean, as lovely as she is, <laughs> I'm not just saying that because she will hear this podcast. But you know, it was that that unconditional love that that you know when God shows you that for the first time, it's like nothing else. You know, when that really sinks in, all the the running around with gangs and thinking I had a, a real brotherhood and and you know thinking I had protection and and you know the drugs I had the the euphoria of having you know that that high or, or that you know that fun that I was having and everything else when when God got a hold of me and I finally stopped running that's when I felt that true love that's when I felt that that true protection that true worth that true you know part of something you know and I felt that calling on my life to where hey there's there's nothing better there's only one direction on my worst days it's when I'm not when I'm not spreading the word and I'm not talking, I'm one of those guys that goes around and, and hits people over the head with the Bible. I mean, forgive me if you're one of those people, but <laughs> you know, I can easily say on my worst days, if I have 10 minutes that I can talk with somebody about God at work, my whole day was worth it, you know? And, and those are my best days. Um, when you feel that calling and you fulfill that calling in your life, and I'm not talking, you know, five-year plans or 10-year plans. I'm talking those, you know, for that day. God put somebody in your life that day. That's when I feel the most fulfilled because I'm doing what God's called me to do. Yeah, that's kind of like the, the general calling that God's put into every single one of our lives. Uh, whenever you read, it talks about making disciples. It doesn't say those who are pastors you go make disciples. It doesn't say you guys who are, you know, evangelical, you go and make disciples. No, it says, as you go, go make disciples. And that's just a general call on us. And we were supposed to ask God to give the, us those people because God has got something inside of us to reach people that only we can reach. Josh, there, there are people that you can reach that I certainly cannot reach. I am an yeah, artist. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can... I mean, I draw a stick figure. People are asking me what the heck it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, you, you have a, a lot more talent in that area. So, you know, you could go into the art community and you can understand their the way they think, you know, the way they operate and be able to reach them. Yeah. Me, but, I, I, I couldn't. You know, just like you, you know, you could not come into the veteran community and fully understand how we think, how we operate. But, you know, you know what? I've got that experience. I know how we operate. I can get in there and I can talk with them. You know, it's, we each got a specific area and experience in life, you know, and I, I think though, when we talk about that though, there's a lot of times where we struggle with being able to use our experiences, you know, in second Corinthians five, six, uh, five seventeen, as I uh, talked about last week, if you listen to that, in Christ, we are a new creation. The old is gone, and then uh, all things have become new. You know, so once we become saved, you know, obviously our past life is still part of our history. But at the same time, you know, we're a new creature. So that sin, uh, that old life, it doesn't define who we are now. But as we move forward as Christians and in Christ, you know, and understanding what our value is with His calling in our life, a lot of times, you know, even though we are a new creation, we look back to that sinful past and we say, I can't do this. 
look who I was. I can't do this. People are just going to be talking about that man there. Josh, you are an adulterer. You can't go to school. You cannot go to ministry school. You are not worthy of doing that. These are the voices that the enemy tells you. This is not your friend saying that to you, okay? This is the type of thing that every Christian man will hear in their life. Okay, look, you have done this. You have looked at pornography. You cannot be a, a, a godly father to your son because you've looked at porno. You know, you cannot tell your children, hey, don't go out and drink, don't go out and party, don't go out and do drugs because you yourself have done it and you don't want to be a hypocritical Christian. No, that's not the case. You know, God, yes, you, you survived all that, barely, <laughs> very barely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you almost dropped a Humvee on your head, but barely. <laughs> but the fact is, is that that doesn't define who we can be to those around us. You know, we can use mm. those experiences for good. And God does talk about that, about using those, those things that the enemy meant for harm. He uses for good. Well, even going into what the scripture says, the scripture says God doesn't let us suffer indiscriminately. So everything that you you suffer through and all the trauma that you have in your past, whatever has gone on, God can use to save those around you that you just have to let your story get out. And that's the main thing is, I mean, especially with technology and the way that we have things today, like letting your story be told. Have you seen all those like, stories that people do with their little cards. I mean, where they just flip through the cards. They're not even saying words. They have it all written down already. And they're just going through the cards and letting people read it for themselves. Like that's a powerful tool that you can use to help other people. You just have to be able to, and you have to be willing to be able to, to put it out there. And that's really yeah. just it. You know, and, and I, I just, I can't drive this point home enough. You know, what we did in our past, you know, our sin does not define us anymore. You know, our sin, that was up on the cross with Jesus Christ. So once we ask for, you know, his forgiveness, for him to come to our life, that sin has been crucified with Christ. It is not who we are anymore. You mean you don't want to take him down and then nail him back up next week and then take him down again <laughs> and nail him up again? I mean, I, I have physically, that is one of the strongest things that has stood out to me, Josh, is, is so many people, they don't understand that once God has done that for you, once you realize that Jesus Christ has died and went through all that torture and everything else, you don't have to take him down to do it again just to remind yeah, you yourself know, again. You know, It's kind of like, you know, when I was a kid, I was raised in the church. I don't know how many times growing up, you know, part of it was just because of not having the full grasp because, you know, as a kid, you have the, the thought train of a kid. You have the mentality of a kid. It'd be like every other week, Jesus coming to my heart, Jesus coming to my heart, Jesus coming to my heart, you know, because I couldn't fully grasp the grace and the mercy that, you know, was Jesus, you know. But, the, you know, it, it, the great thing is, it's like, I, again, I can't just say this enough, you know, once we accept him, you know, that sin, it's, it's gone. You know, it's not to say that we're going to be perfect, you know, once we accept Christ. You know, I mess up all the time. I'm sure you mess up daily as well. I mean, well, my wife would agree <laughs> with you. <laughs> but the thing about that is, is, you know, I mess up. I pick myself off the ground. I dust myself off. It's like, okay, Jesus, you got me. We're going to try this again. You know, it's relying on that relationship. You know, and, and I think it's, you know, the understanding our calling in Christ and, you know, our worthiness, you know, we got to understand that even after we're saved, 
if you mess up, you're not thrown into the dumpster. You know, it's one of those things where Jesus still loves you just like he did the day before. He still loves you just like he did the moment you were born, the moment you were conceived. Absolutely. I mean, you look at, you look at the Old Testament and so many people are held on to the, the old laws and stuff like that and the old customs. Those laws, I mean, there wasn't a single Jew that, that didn't break them at some point, you know? Um, and you look at it from that standpoint, like we are, we are almost guaranteed to fail. That's why we're still human. That's why we're not in heaven right now. I mean, that's why this place is, is still earth and not heaven, you know? We're Her going perfection to mess up. went out the window when we were kicked out of the garden. Exactly. Um, you know, and it, it's just continued since. But what are we going to do with that? Are we going to stand outside the gates and, and sit there and cry the whole time outside of, I'm talking the Garden of Eden? You know, I mean, are we going to sit out there and just cry the whole time? Or are we going to get to work? Are we going to pick ourselves back up? Okay, God, you told me to multiply. Okay, I can do that. You know, I mean, but, you know, I mean, we can, <laughs> we can keep moving forward. You know, Lord, okay, I fell short. You know, that lust crossed my mind today. It only crossed for five seconds instead of, you know, the average hour and then take it into my bedroom and everything else that it may have in the past. But it just, you see yourself maturing in these things. Okay, I can still look across the table and, and forgive me, this is a small rabbit trail, but I can still look across the restaurant and see somebody order a beer over there. I know exactly what that beer tastes like. I, I, I know the flavor of it. I know what it's, you know, what it's going to taste like going down, everything else. I know the best, you know, food to go with it, this, that, and the other, anything barbecue. Um, <laughs> but I can look at that, but I don't have that same urge that I used to. You know, I don't have that same craving for it that I used to. I don't, it, it's, it's one of these things, it's a, it's a maturing process that as you grow in Christ, you will get these things going, okay? One of the easiest things for most men, if I can be just perfectly blunt and I'm not pointing my finger at, yes, I am pointing my finger at all of us. Um, <laughs> but one of the easiest things for us you? to fall into is, is when you're working around other, you know, the opposite sex, when you're working around a female and you see them coming, you already can see out of the corner of your eye, out of your peripheral, that they're wearing extra short shorts. Not right now because it is freezing in Oklahoma right now, but you can see. Yeah, yeah, freezing in Oklahoma. It got up to like almost 50 degrees today. Ooh, freezing. I was not cold. And I'm, I grew up in New York, so yeah. I'm just an extremely hot-natured individual. So where I'm going with this is that you could see that she's wearing something short out of the peripheral. Okay. You already know that she's there. So when she walks up, the maturing process of this does not check out what's below the waist. It doesn't even check out what's below the neck. You start seeing yourself being able to resist those temptations. It comes with wisdom and everything else. Obviously, I'm going to try and make even more eye contact with her because I know what she's wearing below that. And I don't want to fall into that. Okay, and I know it talks about, you know, if, if a man even thinks about lust in his mind. Well, to me, that's not lust. And hear my heart on that when, when you know what she's wearing. Okay, the lust portion comes with the next step after that. The, the imagination the, the next process, look. the next look, the next thought that comes with it. Um, it's, you know. it's biology versus choices. Absolutely. Like you can't help that physical look that initially happens. That's your biology. That's the way that you, God has geared you as a carnal individual. And they've done studies after studies where that, that's, that's just the thing that happens where, I mean, you won't even remember that first look. I mean, you, you can even have a conversation where it like it hits your attention and you look, 
but then you're, you're carrying on the conversation. That person's like, hey, did you, did you know that you looked? And that person, it's like, I have no idea. But yeah, so. It's that intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, guys. I mean, that's, that's where it comes. That's what the maturing process, okay? So what I, wanted, what I want you guys to realize is, as we go into this is that just because you fall short doesn't mean you're down for good. Okay, get back up. Keep moving forward. Don't sit and, and dwell in that. And don't let the enemy kick you while you're down because it's a lot easier for him to kick you while you're down than when you're standing upright. So, so now that you're talking about this, really that, that leads into something that I want to ask both of you guys. What are you going to tell somebody who's having difficulty accepting this new beginning that Christ offers us? Struggles will come. <laughs> and, and I mean that in, in the most sincere way, but I say it as, as a warning. Okay, now that you are a target on the enemy's on the enemy's scope, it, you're you're a bigger target now. Okay, he wants you even more. Once you start accepting Christ into your life, he's going to throw those temptations for the last you know twenty to thirty to forty years. However old anybody is out there, I'm not just stopping at forty years, but you've been living this life for X amount of years. The enemy knows what 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 tempts you. The enemy knows what what really turns you on or really gets you going and everything else. And I'm talking everything from sexual to addiction to this to that, whatever it is. He knows. He's been studying you for X amount of years. Yeah, the devil knows your particular flavor of sin. Absolutely. Better than any friend, better than than any coworker. Sometimes he, even better than you. For, forever, you know, and it's not yes. just you. He knows your style of person, he, so he knows what's going to work for you. So he's going to throw those last sucker punches at you, okay? The things that have been working for the last X amount of years, that's what he's going to go back to. He's not he, He's not original, man. He's going to yep. keep doing it. So, so what, really what I want to get at here, you know, I'm, say I come up to you, you know, I'm, I'm a new believer struggling really in my walk with Christ, you know, because here I am, you know, you got this perfect love, you know, Jesus Christ died on the cross, you know, and I'm just not feeling that, you know, it's like, I'm down, you know, how can, you know, how can this be that, you know, Jesus would come down in the form of a man and sacrifice himself for me? You know, here I am, uh, an adulterer, you know, or an alcoholic, uh, somebody who's hit my kids. No, I don't hit my kids. I'm just trying to throw examples out here. But, you know, that's my past. And I come to you and I'm struggling you know, I have the difficulty in accepting this. You know, you're, you're telling me that, Jesus, that uh, Satan's going to be still throwing those darts at me. But what encouragement would you be able to give this person? Well, look and see how Jesus reacted to different sinners that the Pharisees brought around him. Like the prostitute that was thrown in front of him and they were going to stone her. And he stopped them saying, no, no, I'm not going to let you do this. And he's like, if the, you know, if, you who haven't sinned, throw the first stone. And all of them went away because all of them know that they have all sinned. And so that's, that's the thing. And then he forgives her of her sin. He was, he was the only one that had the true right to throw the stone and true right to judge her in that moment. Oh, that's one of my most, one of my more favorite stories in the Bible where he just, one by one, they drop the stone. And I really like, I can't wait to get to heaven. I'm sorry, I'm going off on a tangent here. I can't wait to like get into heaven and I can find out what that word was that was written in the sand because the Bible does not tell what that word is. I want to know what that word was, how profound that was to this woman, to this adulterer. Yeah, I got I to gotta know that the, the word was probably love 
like in some, some Hebrew that she would know or some Greek in some way that she would know of what it meant in some kind of symbol. Just that would totally dumb, dumbfound the Pharisees that this, this man would say, hey, yeah, I know what she does. I know what she did just a moment ago. And I know what you just caught her red-handed doing. But it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. I forgive her. Yeah. And in the same way that he forgave her in that moment while he was still here in the flesh, he can forgive you more now that he's everywhere. And now he's the spirit that lives inside of all of us. Yeah. Josh, I was thinking about it and praying about it while, you're, while you guys were speaking. You know, to really answer that question, what's, what's worked for me in the past and, and worked for so many people I, I look up to is when somebody comes to you like that, when they're down and out, anybody, any of our listeners... The number one thing I can tell you is my testimony. You know, I mean, in in any part of it. I don't mean I have to tell you my entire life story, but in a nutshell, depending on that person, what I relate to that person, if it's addiction, okay, I'll relate to that. If it's if it's gangbanging, I'll relate to that. If it's if it's uh, being a, a failure as a father, I can obviously relate to that in some sorts. Um, you know, yes, my kids love me, but I do fall short on that. You know, as, as a husband, as this, as that, you know, all these different labels that I'm supposed to be, I failed at every single one of them at least once. I mean, I, I, I'm saying at least once, okay? Yeah, I know uh, it's multiples, okay? And yeah. I, know, I, mean, I know each of us sitting at this table can say the exact same thing yeah. in every field there is, okay? Every, we, could, we could take a poll right now and every one of us would raise our hands to the same stuff, okay? Um, the thing is, is that I can relate to that person and I can tell them, look, if God can still use me in the ways that he's using me, he can use you too. Absolutely. You not fallen far enough away from his arms, from his grace, for him to just, just push you off. All it takes is, like you said last week, it takes that one minute conversation with them to just say, hey, one sentence conversation, I think it was, to just say, hey, Lord, I'm sorry. I screwed up again. I've fallen short again. I'm down on my knees. I, I don't want to go any lower. I, yeah, I want to yeah. be here in your presence. Yeah, and I, I just want to pound this point home. Uh, you know, if you're out there and you're not saved, you're backsliding. You know, it, it's that I could probably not really lead you in a sinner's prayer. I'm not that well spoken. I could talk to you all day long, but I'm not well spoken. But I can tell you, you know, it doesn't take an elaborate prayer to get past your sin to become a Christian. Uh, to recover from being backslidden, it, it's that one sentence, you know, the one little small little phrase, Lord Jesus, forgive me and take over my life. Come into my heart. Absolutely. This last Sunday, um, I would love to say that our church does baptisms every week. I would love to see, you know, tons of people come into the altar and be able to count them and blah, blah, blah. I know it's not about numbers games by no means. Um, the churches that we go to are, are very humble people also. You know, I mean, if, if the time is right and people want to be baptized, by all means, we're going to make it happen. But this last Sunday, we had an actual baptism Sunday that just happened to be the last Sunday of the year. Um, it wasn't pre-planned or really thought out or anything along those lines, but it was, we had three people come, come to be baptized. And seeing them, all of them were what I would like to say are mature adults. Okay, all joking aside, but, you know, I think every one of them has, has lived a life. Every one of them has been through, you know, countless things. Um, I only know portions of their conversations or portions of their lives, I mean, through conversation. And, but to see 
that they knew God at one time. They were raised in church or they, they went to church for X amount of years and then fell away and, you know, all these different things. Um, you know, each of us that have sat at this table, you know, can say the same thing. We went to church as a kid, but then we fell way away. We chose to walk away from God. We wanted to see what it was like. Oh, you know, um, as though this isn't good enough. Let's go ahead and experience it and make sure that God's actually there. But I seen it this Sunday of seeing these people come to know God again and know him on a new perspective. And every single one of them said it was because the love that they were given, you know, the love that they were given. I know that's harder for some of us to do. I know that's harder, you know, just to give out to a random stranger. But that's the number one thing that I've come encounter with to really bring people back to God. It's not knowing the scripture. It's not being a theologian. It's it's just loving on people the way Christ would. I mean, when, when I've, the, the few times I've gone to your church to the, to the refuge, you know, you can walk in there and the, the love just radiates out of that building. You know, I, I want to give props to you guys over there. I'm not a big hugger. We make them hug. I, yeah. I, you know, there's few people I actually give hugs to. You know, Brandon's one of them. You know, but the, the first time I ever stepped foot in, the, in that building, you know, and I, and I say this because I want you guys to understand how big of a deal loving is. The first time I stepped in that building, yes, I was already a Christian. I didn't know anybody there except for Brandon. You know, uh, we weren't having Wednesday night church uh, at Harmony where I attend for some reason. I can't remember why. I think you were out of power. I, I think that's what it was. It was during VBS and we were out of powers. So me and Will, our, our president, we decided to go over to the refuge, visit you guys, you know, since we knew Will and we're like, all right, let's go hang out at the refuge. And I walk in there and the first thing that happens is this big, tall guy with this big old beard just walks up and says, hey, I'm Matt and gives me a huge hug. I mean, that, that's love the that first guy. thing I... Oh, man, yeah, love that guy. Yeah. For, that's my first experience walking into the refuge. And let me tell you, you know, if you're just some random person off the street, you know, if you're somebody who uses drugs, you know, your family's given up on, you're an adulterer who, you know, can't stop themselves from cheating. You're addicted to pornography. Uh, you're an alcoholic. You're whatever sin that supposedly defines you. If you walk in through the doors of a church and the first thing is, hey, my name is Josh. You, you know, and I give you a big hug. I mean... All walls break down, man. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that I know I kind of went off on a tangent here talking about that, but... No, no, that, it's, that it's, it's important. Yeah, that it, it's like you're saying, I feel like you're leading to is, you know, love is the finisher of all things. Yeah. It, it, that's, and that's the thing is, you know, we have to care for people, genuinely yeah. care. Because, sorry, um, the, the thing that's going to drive you to, to want to help people is that love. The thing yeah. that's going to drive you to want to reach out to people and ex- share your testimony is that love. Because that, if you, that, that love's an encouragement. Yeah. Like, you know, I could feel so small in my sin, but then I can go to a church and get that love and be like, my past doesn't define me anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. It gives me hope. It gives me strength. You know, and as I'm looking down what I did type up for this outline, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at all, it's like it really just, it's the same question worded over and over again. You know, as a sinner, how can God use me? You know, if I'm having difficulty, you know, accepting this new beginning, what do I do? How can I truly be called in my past? It's really one big thing as we're discussing this. You know, um, and if you listened to last week and you heard about the things I did, you know, 
got addicted to pornography, you know, cheated on my wife, you know, these, these things that I did, you know, even after I became saved, these things pop up, you know, it's like, I get hit with the temptation to just get on the computer and go look at that, or, hey, go talk to this person you're not supposed to, you know, because that's who I was, it's not who I am now in Christ, you know, who I am in Christ is a new creature, as, as I alluded to in Second Corinthians 5.17, you know, we're new creations and that old is gone. But who we were is going to be thrown up in our face. And it's something I struggled with for the longest time, you know, especially knowing that I was called into the ministry. I would look back in my past and be like, well, I was called when I was 13, but I ran. I became, you know, I involved watching pornography to the point of addiction. Cheated on my wife. How can I still be called? Um, you know, and really the only thing I could say that is because about that is the reason we could still be called even with what we've done in the past is because we're a new creature. It's because of the sacrifice that Jesus did up on the cross for our sins. You know, that that sin doesn't matter anymore. Um, There's been a few times where once I accepted that, the fact that my past didn't matter anymore, it did not dictate my future, there's been times now where I've been able to talk to people, you know, who are struggling in their marriage, and I've been able to relate to, to what I did and where uh, Jesus brought me from and give them hope. Uh, I've been able to talk to friends who are getting ready to get married, and uh, I'm just going to mention this. I had a friend who's getting ready to get married, and his fiance had mentioned, like, had said, you know, if my husband ever if I ever catch him looking at pornography or if he ever cheats on me, I'm going out the door. First thing I did was look at her and said, you know, if you say that, I'm not going to be part of your wedding. I'm not going to even attend. You know, because I was able to share my experience and say, you know what, it doesn't matter how far gone you are. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, can restore. Yeah. You know, and I think that's important to understand, you know, as we try to reconcile our past with what our calling is, is nothing is ever too broken. You know, Jesus restores us. He reconciles that past with what our future is. Well, also think about it this way. Look at all the great heroes that are in the Bible. David. Adulterer. Samson. Couldn't resist the woman. Hey, how about Saul? Also. I'm going to, are you talking about (laughs) King Saul or are you talking about Saul who became Paul? Uh, Saul that became Paul. I mean, really you could look at both and find areas where they came back. But like, you know, yeah, Paul, murderer. Yeah. I mean, and Paul wrote the vast majority of the New Testament. So if, if these guys, if these jokers could do that and do all the things that they did in the Bible and the things that they're talking about in the New Testament, then there's no disqualification that any of us should have. Yeah, I mean, when you, know, you brought up David, who's an adulterer, but what is the lineage of Jesus Christ? It's through David. He is the, from the house of David. An adulterer and also a murderer who sent, uh, oh, I can't remember the woman's name or the. Bathsheba? Bathsheba, that. Sent Bathsheba's husband to the front lines to get killed. I mean, our Savior came from that lineage. Yeah. Well, also a part of that lineage is the prostitute that let the Israelites in to scout out. Oh, gosh. No, it was Jericho? Jericho, yeah. Okay, yep. So she's also part of Jesus's, a prostitute is a part of Jesus's lineage. But because of her faith in God and because of her faith in her 
reasoning to know and recognize God's people, she got, you know, Jesus came from her and from that faith. I like that story too, just for the fact of, I mean, you think about it, she used the cloth that she was probably using during prostitution and stuff like that to mark her doors to allow them out the window. So she used her past. She used the things that the enemy was using for bad and she used it for good and allowed them to escape. You know what I mean? To, or to show them, you know? I, but my number one story that I really want you guys to think about is even, even more basic than that is the parable of the lost son. You know, Jesus Christ uses this parable and talks about the lost, the, the, the prodigal son who, who asked his father for, for all his riches and everything else ahead of time. So he pushes the issue. He takes it. He squanders it. He uses it for, for all kinds of partying and everything else. He, he goes nuts with all this money, spends it all. If it was up, the 60s, it would have been sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Right? Exactly. Instead, he used alcohol and pigs. Um, you know, with that said, he's he's rolling in in a in a trough with other pigs and stuff like that, which in Jewish customs was an absolute no no. You didn't mess with pork or swine or anything along those lines. But so how, how low was this guy that he was doing this? Absolutely he, he, lower than any of us here at this table have been. Okay. Yes, I have rolled around in some nasty stuff and everything else. Yes, I have done this stuff. My family has had to turn their backs on me and all these things at, at different times in my life. And I thank them for doing so because it did allow me to, to mature and, and realize what was important in my life. Okay. But he was at his lowest. Okay. He couldn't have gone, uh, uh, in a religious sense, he couldn't have gone any lower. He couldn't have gotten any further from his family. He, he was, I mean, the lowest of low, right? So, but as soon as he decided to make that change, as soon as he said, wait a minute, I do belong to my father. I am part of his family. I may not have anything, but hey, the very least, I'll go work for him. You know, at least then I can at least be like his slaves and get, get something out of this, you know? But he goes and does this, goes back to his father. What does the father do? He goes with open arms running to his son, okay? After his son has done everything to disgrace him and his family and everything else, no, he runs to his son with arms wide open. Okay, that, that is summing up Luke 15, just so you guys know. 1511, if you guys want to know more about that story, please, for the love of God, read that story if you ever think that, that you are too far gone to come back to God. You know, and, and the great thing about this whole parable, uh, if you read from verse 25 on in this parable, is it covers what happens when others look at you and judge you from your past life. You know, the older son who stayed loyal to the father, whoa, 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 why are we, sacri- why are we butchering the, the fattened calf, you know? Why are we partying and celebrating and dancing, you know, over this lowest of the low coming back home and begging for scraps? Why, why are we celebrating this? You know, you know he, he points out to how loyal he's been. Does that sound like Pharisees to you? Yeah. It Does that sound, sound like some of today's hypocritical Christians? It, it to sounds you? a lot like what we do, as you know, I've been guilty of it. Yes. You know, Me too. But you know, in the parable, which the father is in this parable is God, he, he looks at the essentially self-righteous person, self-righteous son, and says, your brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found. 
So if we're feeling judgment from somebody else, you know, that's that person's problem to deal with. That's not your problem. Don't let it affect you. That's the biggest thing I think we could take away from, from that portion of it. You know, so when that gets, like, that judgment gets thrown in our face, that's just something from the devil to try to discourage us from accepting Christ's salvation. And that was what I was going to ask you next is I, I realized in my darkest times still today, um, even over the holidays, I know a lot of men struggle with providing, you know, those little extras for their family that society tells us that, oh, yeah, they need one more gift. Oh, they need one more present. Oh, you didn't have the biggest meal. Um, obviously, you're not doing what you're supposed to as a man and blah, blah, blah. These are little, again, little voices that the enemy has told each and every one of us at some point in our lives. But what I noticed is that the a lot of times our biggest critic, our biggest person to put our foot over our necks is ourselves. And I personally, I'm not that flexible, but I do it on a regular basis. I constantly put myself down because the enemy creeps into those little thoughts, those little voices, because I'm allowing myself to be in that place of, of unarmed. Yeah, and, and I can completely understand what you're saying there with like, you know, how we put our own selves down. You know, it's like I was talking about last week, you know, my salvation story and how I had mentioned that I'm getting ready for Bible college. You know, it took me a lot to get to this point. You know, one thing I didn't mention to talk about uh, because it's, uh, it's a different uh, aspect, of th- aspect of things is a lot of what's held me back already from moving forward and going through Bible college has been fear. And it's a fear driven by myself. You know, it's not anybody else putting that fear on me. You know, uh, as I mentioned in my testimony last week, I dropped out of high school. You know, I'm a high school failure. I'm, I'm smart. I was smart enough to get through high school, but I didn't. I couldn't. You know, so I failed the high school. Uh, when I got out of the military, you know, and got back into Oklahoma, I did one semester at college. You know, and I didn't even finish that semester because of my anxiety and PTSD. Uh, being in such tight quarters with so many people, it I couldn't mentally handle it. So when I felt God saying, hey, now's the time. I'm opening this door. It's time for you to go to Bible college. I've resisted because I've put this fear on myself, this fear of failing again in higher education or in education in general because I've already tried it twice and I failed. What we got to realize, though, is, is in any calling that we have, God will open the door. Uh, when I was talking with my pastor about going to Bible college, you know, he related to me, and he didn't do this to be, hey, look what I accomplished. He said, you know, he was talking about how this, he struggled when he was in high school. And then as a form of encouragement, he looked on his wall that's in his office and said, you know, to his bachelor's and his master's degree and said, this is what God does. He equips you for what he calls you for. He said, it's not, it wasn't anything on him. He gave gave complete credit to God for that because he also was where I was coming from, you know, not somebody who succeeded with high school. Yeah. And God doesn't call the gifted. He call he equips the called. And that's the I, key I about it. You know, <laughs> do what? I love that phrase. And the the thing about it is, I mean, even with me in my life, most people don't realize this, but I'm actually colorblind. Mm-hmm. 
And it's not even like a cool colorblind where I see black and white. I have what's called acute variational colorblindness where there was particular parts until God released my eyes that I couldn't even see the world in the round. Like a round cup would look jagged to me. I could not particularly see it. And it made no sense of why God was calling me to be an artist. But then, boom, click one day because of my faithfulness in it, God released my eyes and I was able to see the world and then everything else in my artwork started panning out. It just, it was just this click, but it was because God had called me to something that I was absolutely at, adverse against. I mean, I did wanted nothing to do with being an artist, but you know, I was being faithful to what he had called me to. And eventually as I was faithful in it, he equipped me and now I'm an artist and now I do things with the art field and now I'm a you know, content manager here. That's, it's just kind of <laughs> the, 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 the key about it is that faithfulness to what you're called because God will equip you if he's called you. And that's the thing is God's only or will only equip you if you're called to what you're called to. And honestly, Josh, never doubt yourself. Yep. You are certainly called to this. You're certainly equipped right now to do the work of the ministry oh, yeah. that you're going forward in and let alone to be equipped with what you're going to be learning from because you're going to be learning a lot as time goes on. And I'm excited to, to learn from you as I walk beside you and I'm learning a lot of the things, same things. Yeah. And you know, and that's the great thing is, is, even when you're called, if you're down, you know, we can learn from each other. We can lift each other up. Um, I kind of want to wrap this up uh, just because I don't think we can really say too much more on this. We've gone around in circles talking about it. You know, I just want to go back to 2 Corinthians 5.17 because I think that's so important for people to understand. In Christ, we are a new creation. The old is gone and all things have become new. So, I think that's the biggest verse in understanding who we are in Christ, you know, and understanding his calling on our lives. Our past, as I've said before, doesn't define our future. You know, I was a cheater and an adulterer. Brandon, you're a gangbanger and an addict, you know. Aaron, you're an addict. As I get to know you and know more about you, you, were, you struggle with addiction too. Those things don't define us. Here we all are now, moving forward as part of this ministry of Courageous Warrior Ministries. You know, and, and these failures, though they try to get thrown in our face, they, they open up doors. It is now a strength. God has taken what was once a weakness and made it a strength to be able to reach people for his kingdom. So if you're out there and you, know, you got something you're struggling with, it's like, if you think you can't be a warrior for Christ because of something you did in your past, don't don't fall for that lie. Yeah. Absolutely. Know where you came from, like it says, and, and when those temptations come up, you can easily look back and say, I am not that person. That person is dead. I am no longer an addict. I used to be, but I know that person is dead. That person cannot come back to life. That is a dead thing. Um, you know, and, and when you look at it from that standpoint, it makes it a lot easier to see who who you are and where your calling is. Opening yourself up to someone else that's going through similar things is really key too. And the, 
you know, if you don't find that person within the first several people, just keep going. That's, that's the key though, is you have to find that person that's, that's, that's trudging the, the course with you because as you guys can go hand in hand and you guys can go shield to shield in this and push forward, you two are going to be one strengthening each other, but two encouraging each other because I don't want to fail because I've got Brandon that's going to be there trudging, you know, trudging the field with me. I've, I don't want to fail. I don't want to fall because I have Josh that's here with me. That's going to, you know, I don't want to discourage him. So I better keep my pace and I better keep pushing forward too. And that's really the thing that, uh, that really helps keep you going sometimes. And the call really as well, it, it won't let you stumble. It won't let you compromise yourself either because you, your love for what you're doing, it, it, it'll grow on the inside of you. And so if you have that person that's there trudging the field with you, if you've got that person there that's called to do, do different things with you, or even if it's separate things, at least then you have that power that's behind you. Because even the scripture says, where two or three are gathered, he is there too. Amen. And, uh, you know, I'm going to try to get us closed out here, but uh, I'm just going to encourage you. If you're, if you're doubting yourself and who you are as a Christian or if you're struggling with a certain calling and you just, you know, need somebody to talk to, it's like every other podcast, you know, I encourage you to either reach out to us or your pastor or another local pastor or a, a, somebody who is just strong in Christ, you know, and talk to them, pray with them, you know, and seek out uh, Jesus because when you do that, it's going to give you a certain strength to, to get over what is a, what is an attack you know from Satan pointing out your old self and your old ways uh, and, and I'm going to close up by asking Brandon to go ahead and just uh, uh, pray over everybody that's listening and absolutely every- um, I felt something very very strongly in my spirit right now that somebody that's listening to this that that just said to themselves, wait a minute, I don't have that support group. I don't have those kind of people around me. I'm not that close with this, with somebody that can hold me accountable that I'm telling you right now, God's putting a calling on you. Just as Aaron described it earlier, maybe you're that person that's supposed to start that group. Feed the multitudes didn't happen overnight. It was something that I felt strongly about because I, I've been there. I know the struggles that come with it. So if you are that person that just had those thoughts come into your head, you are that person that's supposed that God wants to use to get a group like that started. Get together with one or two other guys that may be struggling worse than you and watch the blessings pour out as you pour into them. Lord God, I just thank you so much for all the listeners tonight, Lord. All our brothers and sisters out there that are listening to this message, Lord, that as the enemy tries to attack us, as the enemy tries to creep in with those still, those just, those obnoxious voices, Lord God, Lord, we just ask that you just bat them away, that you give us strength, boldness, courageousness, Lord God, just to speak against them, knowing that the old man is dead and the new man is, is just growing every day, Lord. Lord, I thank you for this ministry. I ask that you just help it to continue to grow so that it can shine for you, Lord God, not ourselves. That those that are listening, those that are involved in the Facebook page, that they see you and not us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for using each one of us here today. We ask you to continue to protect us and our families as we walk through this walk. We thank you, Lord, for where you've brought us from. In Jesus' name, amen.